How to win a bar fight and practice diplomacy while negotiating a bounty on your head. From Civil Wars, Whistleblower Tactics, Schematic Drafting, and the Finer Points of Sith Adoption, The Essential How-To Guide for the Engineering Jedi, by Jackdaw Cry, read by Sam Gabriel, based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 3 It shines a hope through this darkest night. Aboard the Star Destroyer the Devastator, Darth Vader found that walking out of the shuttle and into the docking bay of the familiar ship was much like greeting an old friend. The Durasteel hummed under his feet the moment the shuttle had touched down, and the ship's systems welcomed his presence. Like there had never been a separation in the first place, the pulses of binary and the electronics wrapping around his own with ease. It was familiar, and even if the ship possessed no intelligence that he knew of, there seemed to be a recognition in her presence of his own. A recognition that immediately let him flare out his presence throughout the entirety of the Devastator, the Dark feeling out the location of every single one of the 85,000 crew members aboard the ship at the moment. And yet, even that mere cursory brush over the various minds of the Devastator was enough nearly to make some natural shields buckle under the weight of his attention, and he rapidly withdrew his presence into the steadier structure of the ship itself, to the relief of the crew. Whoa, a soft voice whispered breathlessly by his side, all radiating off of it, and he resisted the urge to look down at the bright little presence to which that voice belonged. Well aware of the rows of troopers and officers standing just outside and waiting for them to depart from the ramp. Beautiful, isn't she? He replied as quietly as he could, in a tongue that he still couldn't quite believe he was hearing again. It had felt odd and almost unnatural the day he had first spoken it back to Luke, like a piece of clothing that didn't quite fit anymore. And those first few days, he'd nearly stopped speaking it entirely when he'd mangled the words he could still remember once speaking with a fluid ease. But old memories of comfort and the steady veil of secrecy it shrouded their conversations in had done much to silence the worst of his reservations, with the steady, consistent, soul-deep joy and awe his little star radiated out into the world whenever he spoke in Kerala doing the rest. And now, after a month of daily conversations and more dredged-up memories than he had ever thought he'd be comfortable with, it was getting easier every day to let the musical language roll off his tongue. Something that he could admit was helped by the manner in which his home lit up every time he did so. A small impossibility of endless wonder, facilitated by a small, wondrous, impossible child. Like now. She is, Luke agreed in a tone that spoke of a smile. She's not the lady, but there's something about her that's very finely crafted and maintained. She's a sleek and elegant lady of war, that's for certain. Yes, he agreed just as quietly as he looked around the Devastator. She most certainly is. The rat finished lowering with a clang and with a quick touch to Luke's back to signal that he was about to disembark. He strode into the docking bay of his former flagship. The soft tapping of steel-toed dress boots joining his own tread as Luke kept close by his side, and he wrapped his presence around the little star like a blanket as they went. He could feel the eyes of every officer and trooper present in the hangar on them as they proceeded, 
and he preened internally as he felt the curiosity and reverential recognition spark to life once their attention shifted over to the little star by his side. The dark rumbling out its agreement. Supreme Commander on deck! A familiar stern voice barked out, the command echoing through the landing bay. The sounds of hundreds of men snapping to attention followed right after it in a reverberating sound wave of boots hitting the Durasteel deck. In the commotion, the man who had barked out the order came up to meet them with a steady gait and a severe expression only made more so by the heavy scarring on the right side of his face. Jared Montferrat, the Admiral of the Devastator and Invader's Opinion, one of the few officers in the Navy who attained a high rank by virtue of family name and then proven himself worthy of it. With a steel core as a personality and a ruthless demeanor that suited Vader wonderfully well, they had served nearly eight years together in time periods fractured over the last two decades and seen countless battles. They weren't friends by any measure, but he would be hard-pressed to deny that if out of all of the incompetence and cowards his master had saddled him with over the years, Montferrat had been a rare gem amongst all the mud. When the time had come for Vader to give up command of the Devastator in favor of the Lady, there had been no one else he'd even considered handing command over to. And with the Devastator acting as the second string to the Lady within Death Squadron, she was now the first in line for the inspection. Admiral, he greeted the man cordially with a dip of his head when said man saluted him, brushing against the man's mind in a cursory assessment, the dark purring in satisfaction when Montferrat's shields were more than up to standard. It is good to see you once more. Likewise, my lord. Montferrat returned as he dropped the salute, expression never twitching, and Vader could find no lie within his statement, as per usual. Some would consider the Admiral to be an odd man for this occupation. Vader could admit that some would be right, but Montferrat did his job, and he did it well. Even though he, it seemed, couldn't contain his curiosity at the little star standing by Vader's side as his gaze twitched over to Luke. Vader rumbled out a satisfied sound as he drew Luke forward to stand beside him instead of where he'd been standing a step back. Clad in the head engineer's dress uniform, he knew that Luke looked every bit the smaller shadow of himself, something that the little one had been oddly pleased by when it had been mentioned by the troopers. Admiral, he rumbled deeply, with all the gravity this introduction deserved. Allow me to introduce you to the new head engineer of the lady, Luke Laws and the way recognition sparked to life in the Admiral like a blaze would never not be satisfying to witness. You may have heard of him already. An understatement, if there ever was any. The latest ISB report sent to him on his home status amongst the rest of the galaxy showed his name as the single most researched topic in every single sector, as well as the most discussed topic in all manner of media. His little star was shining throughout the galaxy, and yet here he still was by his side. I may have heard a thing or two, yes, the Admiral replied dryly, and Vader knew exactly when Luke directed one of his signature sunny smiles towards the Admiral, when his presence lit up beside him, and the Admiral's own shrunk back as surprise bloomed. He didn't even bother to hide a grin underneath his mask, even as his respirator dug into the corners of his mouth, the dark laughing with them as it curled around them all like an overgrown serpent of nightmares. His little star and sternest Admiral, he wondered whose demeanor would win out. Luke got off to a decent start when he saluted the Admiral, and tilting his head slightly to catch the little one's expression, he saw that he was entirely correct on how Luke was beaming towards Montferrat. Admiral Montferrat, sir, 
he greeted while eager excitement sparked through the air like a meteor shower. It's an honor to meet you after having heard so much about you. It took a split second for Montferrat to register the words, but Vader knew the man well enough not to miss the quick, questioning glance that was directed towards him once it did. Offering no kind of aid, he was deeply amused when the Admiral finally managed to salute Luke back with a deep sense of bafflement suffusing the Force. Likewise, he returned warily as he dropped his salute, Luke following suit. You have been making quite a few waves as of late, Engineer Lars. His home's presence dimmed slightly with embarrassment, and his amusement at the entire situation only deepened when Luke rubbed a sheepish hand along the back of his neck. Yeah, sorry for any... He gestured slightly with his prosthetic hand, currently covered for the most part with his uniform's glove and sleeve, but a movement that Vader noticed immediately drew Montferrat's attention nonetheless. Inconveniences these last few months, sir? He apologized with a wince. If it counts for anything, they're meant to help. Montferrat blinked, and Vader knew the man well enough that he would have known he was feeling entirely wrong-footed, even if his force signature wasn't essentially screaming it for all to hear. It was no issue, engineer, he eventually dismissed, though there was an edge within his voice that betrayed that he wasn't as unflappable as he appeared. The Devastator and her crew are more resilient than to be disturbed by a few hardware upgrades. Luke dropped his hand and clasped them together in front of him, his smile taking on a distinctively relieved quality that bloomed gently in the force. It's a relief to hear that, sir. I hope they'll be of some use to someday instead of merely being a non-issue. Undoubtedly they will, Montferrat reassured and then blinked again once he realized what he'd just said and done. With a huff of laughter that had Luke giving him a curious glance, Vader dismissed his previous thoughts into irrelevance. Between his home and the Admiral, he should have never doubted Luke's infectious charm. Enchanting, disarming, impossible child. Luke is here to join my inspection, Admiral, he informed the man curtly, and paid no mind to the surprise when his use of Luke's first name was noted. With the amount of change she has brought to our fleet as of late, it was prudent to create an opportunity to ensure that they would be properly implemented as well. Yes, my lord, the admiral agreed readily, and the gratitude for the familiarity of that interaction was something as odd as it was amusing to witness. Perhaps he would enjoy his home running rampant amongst the rest of his fleet more than he'd even anticipated. Will Engineer Lars be requiring anything to aid him in his inspection? The emphasis on the word was as slight as it was deliberate, but when the Admiral's signature revealed no malice, Vader decided to let the matter slide. An introduction to the head engineer of this ship would be appreciated, Luke suggested hopefully. I have a couple things to discuss with them that aren't easily done through plain text or even attached files. The Admiral nodded easily, seemingly grateful for the ease of the request, and gestured over to one of the nearby officers, who saluted and produced a comm unit. Head Engineer Mora will join us shortly, he informed them both, seeming to be unsure of who he should be directing that information to. An issue the Admiral did not seem to have with his next statement. In the meantime, do you wish to begin your inspection, my lord? he asked, directing his full attention towards Vader. I do, he confirmed, already scanning the lines of officers and troopers present in the docking bay. Their emotions ranged from a passive wish to get it all over with, to an intense curiosity in all that was going on around them, to at least one unfortunate soul who seems to be nearly sick with fear. Let us begin at the bridge, he ordered, knowing that Montferrat would have been waiting for that order from the very start if it weren't for the introductions that had to be done. 
When the Admiral turned away, Luke gently bumped up against his side to get his attention. Will I need to join you for this? He murmured below his breath. Or should I just try to find the main hangar? It would be wise for you to stick close, he murmured back, as quietly as the vocoder would allow. Wandering around an unfamiliar ship on your own could prove to be ill-advised. Never mind that he wanted to keep his home close, period. There would be no repeat of Ozel's cowardly attack while his back had been turned, and as they were dealing with an unfamiliar crew, he had little idea of where the general allegiances lay. Got it. Luke agreed with a quick nod as he stepped back into a more comfortable distance for walking. Quietly touching his hands to Luke's back to signal their movement, they both stepped forward as one. Immediately, the little one tried to fall a step behind him, but with quick touches to his shoulder and back, he signaled the need to stay close to his side as they approached the honor guard of officers and troopers. The first impression they made here would be an important one, and he would not have his home walk behind him as a subordinate. Damn the consequences. If they were to do this, they would do this as equals. And so, when they walked through the honor guard created for them with a small squad of officers and troopers of their own accompanying them as they went, they walked side by side, Vader carefully managing his steps to match up with the shorter ones of Luke. Whatever other conclusions would be drawn from this, he knew the most important one already. Luke was his home, and he was Luke's. Whether those would be the words used would hardly matter, the sentiment would translate well enough with or without them, and as they reached the end of the living corridor created by the honor guard, he knew that it had been well received. With the force a tangle of confusion, awe, and dawning comprehension behind them, he let his own satisfaction take hold, at least until Luke leaned into him again. They all seemed to be rather confused by something, the little star whispered quietly, and he had to commend Luke for picking up on that. They do not understand your position by my side, little one, he muttered back as an explanation, keeping his eyes on the Admiral as he walked ahead in front of them. As it is one of an equal, Luke's force presence seemed to nearly freeze at that explanation, and he quietly brought up a hand to rest on his little star's shoulder, the stiffness melting away as quickly as it had appeared in a display of comfort that never failed to awe him as much as it stumped him. I... I didn't realize... Luke whispered quietly, his words trailing off until they were inaudible even to his audio processors. He humbled out a soft bout of static that always seems to calm Luke down in the most inexplicable of ways. I would not have them know my home any other way, he confessed quietly, the words secure in the secrecy his mother tongue provided, with a vulnerability in them that he would never wish for anyone but his little star to hear. To the rest of the galaxy, he could be the immutable and unstoppable monster that his master and mistakes had molded him into, but not to Luke. Not anymore and never again. Not unless he was ready to commit another mistake that he knew there would be no recovery from, no coming back, a readiness which he'd only dared contemplate in the small hours of the night during his needed meditation, and he discovered to his dawning horror that he wasn't. He wasn't ready, and he doubted he ever could or would be again. It was a loss of a mask and shield that simultaneously had terror and hope leap wildly and limitlessly within him, pounding and drumming up wildly against the steel that had replaced his ribcage. No, wait. Not a loss. A surrender. At some point, he'd surrendered that mask and the willingness to make that mistake with it to Luke. Had given it up just like he'd given up on guarding what little remains of his heart he had left, and yet he could not have said when even if Luke's life depended on it. 
He didn't even think he would know how to get it back. For some reason, that thought didn't bother him as much as it probably should have, as it might even have if it had been only a few months ago. Instead, walking through the halls of a ship that had once been his home with his home by his side, he found that there was an odd sense of anticipation staining his every thought on the matter. An anticipation that no matter how much he prodded and poked at it, he could never quite get it to taste of anything other than a vague sense of hope. Hope and something else that he couldn't quite name. Something was happening to him. Something that was slowly building up and taking over inside of him without him having a clue as to what it was. And whatever that something was, Luke seemed to know more about it. He saw it in those moments where Luke managed to get an unexpected stray thought out of him that he hadn't expected. Saw it when he spoke Carol and requested Luke play a song in the quiet meetings they had to discuss matters on everything and nothing. Saw it when he quietly wished Luke a good night in the manner of the children with the blessings of the moons. A gleam, a knowing look, a spark. Something that lay deep within his little star and only showed itself when it needed to but that made the whole force thrum with its presence when it did. Like now, walking side by side, with his own confession hanging between them, the very air and steel they stepped upon resonated with that same odd sensation as he knew Luke was directing that peculiar look at him. The dark stirred with what seemed to be a near kind of curiosity, and he couldn't blame it as he silently prodded up against the little one's force signature, shivering as he got the glancing sensation of the foreign familiarity that was Luke's presence in the Force during these flashes of time. It felt like something he knew and had long since forgotten, and it felt like something entirely unique at the same time. Ever since Luke's performance at the festival a month ago and the astonishing display the Force had given when Luke had been poured full of borrowed power, He'd been keeping a close eye on the way the little star used his own sliver of force sensitivity in his day-to-day -day life. What had been revealed to him had been... odd. Luke, while never actively making use of the force, seemed to be surrounded by a network of power on a near-constant basis, listening to it like one would listen to a partner in crime. It didn't behave like he knew the force often to do, either. It felt wilder more intense and like it had a mind of its own, which Luke seemed to listen to whenever it spoke up. There was something about it and Luke that had it seeping into the very foundation of everything around him, expanding his network of power ever further and deeper until it was everywhere, and the entire time Luke just listened. When he'd finally seen it, it explained simultaneously everything and nothing, and no matter how much he tried to quietly prod and poke at the fragile force bond stretching between them, Luke's force signature was never anything other than the sweet, shining iridescent light that he'd become so familiar with. Or rather, almost never. In moments like these, where Vader revealed perhaps a bit more of himself than he was strictly comfortable with, in moments where Luke slipped past his guard and managed to pry something out of him that even he could barely name, there was this. This foreign familiarity, this strange shroud that fell over Luke as, for a moment, something else looked out of his little star's eyes as well. Something that left winds blowing in his mind, and the impossible-to-place taste of red sand on the back of his tongue. And it was right there, just out of reach. But the dark rumbled and whined and hissed lowly, whenever he even thought of reaching out to it. 
and as much as it shamed him to think it, Vader had to agree. Some memories were best left buried and gone. Even if he knew, he knew. Thank you. The familiar quiet voice of his little one spoke up from his side, prompting him to snap out of his thoughts and look down, right into the eyes of the person he'd just been thinking about. The world filtered back in around him, and a tension left him that he hadn't realized had built up, Luke's gaze pulling him back out of his thoughts. I am glad you're letting this be known. He sighed quietly, bringing a hand up to rest on his little star's shoulder. I have hidden much in my time, little one, he murmured back. This will not be another regret in a life full of them. He looked Luke in the eyes, and whatever had been there before, it was gone now, leaving only the brilliant clarity that was entirely his home's. They will know your name, my home, he vowed quietly. They will know your name. Luke hummed quietly in response, briefly pressing into his side while his force presence chirped with warm satisfaction. Vader rumbled back contentedly and resolved to think more on Luke's odd relation with the force later on. Luke wouldn't ever quite be able to use the Force like even the weakest of Sith and Jedi have been able to, but with the way he listened to it, perhaps he could still teach his little star a thing or two. Not as an apprentice, but maybe one day as a friend and... and son. That last thought nearly made his mind freeze up again, like it so often had in the last few weeks. But every time the thought sounded a little less than his own personal delusion, and a little more like it could, perhaps, with a bit of luck, one day be a reality. It was a nice dream, if nothing else, but with Luke's warm presence pressed into his side as he rested a hand on his shoulder, it made him think that perhaps it could one day be reality. Luke, who laughed out a soft sound that chimed like a silver bell in the force as he hummed out a few familiar notes. They'll know our name, he sang softly enough that Vader knew it was only meant for his ears a smile playing around the corner of the little star's mouth as they both thought back to that night a month ago. He laughed softly and squeezed his home's shoulder. Hush now, he whispered as best as his vocoder would allow. We're almost there. Luke shot him an amused glance that echoed its sentiment in the force, but kept quiet as per his instructions. Turning his eyes back up front, he didn't bother to wonder if the Admiral had caught any of their conversation. The burning curiosity and apprehension that marked the man's presence told him that more than clearly, and his own appreciation for the secrecy of Kerala grew every day. The ability to hold a conversation where one and all could hear, but none could understand, was one that came in fantastically useful a perplexing number of times. The fact that his reputation would easily mislead any and all listening in into drawing incorrect conclusions was a benefit he was more than a little pleased by as well. The Admiral, it seemed, was one of them, judging by the tenseness he was hiding successfully but every sense but that of the Force. To the Admiral's fortune, however, they had arrived at the elevator that would take them to the bridge. With a press of a button, Montferrat opened the doors to the elevator, and Vader noted with some amusement that the carriage was already present likely calmed down beforehand. With the elevator ready, the Admiral promptly stepped out of the way to allow them to file in first. 
Sweeping into the carriage with Luke close by his side, he noted with a sense of nostalgia how much smaller the elevators were designed on the Devastator, calibrated for a smaller-sized crew of 85,000 instead of the one and a half million souls that called the Lady their home. Montferrat joined them, and with only Commanders Cody and Apo joining them in their capacity as the formality of a security escort, they were off to the bridge in a trip that was bringing more memories to the forefront of his mind than he'd expected it to. And yet, for over a decade, this had been his domain. And though it felt familiar, there was a disconnect there too, as if something didn't quite fit into the well-worn routine anymore. With the iridescent light of a little star by his side, he had more than one reason to suspect that the fault didn't lie with the Devastator. Still, when the elevator chimed out its arrival, the steps he took back onto the bridge felt like history come to life, and for once it didn't threaten to drown him whole. The air hummed with the familiar sensation in the force that was entirely the Devastator's own, and the dark slowly uncoiled out from around him to fill the space, gliding along the edges of every presence on the bridge as all attention was directed towards them. "'Commander's on deck!' the man at the helm barked out. And the moment he turned around to salute Vader, he recognized him as the former lieutenant commander, now Captain Illus Pycor. With the rest of the bridge following suit in their salute, he rumbled out a low sound that immediately sent the alertness of the bridge into new heights. "'At ease,' he ordered the officers, taking in the more subtle notes of the atmosphere that was being carefully picked out around him by the dark. As the officers dropped their salutes, his attention was drawn towards the sharp, nearly stinging alertness that rung out through the force. With his presence, a sense of hypervigilance had taken over the crew, and he could tell that none of them were as focused on their task as they pretended to be once they turned back to it, with eyes everywhere darting over in their direction for quick glances. But for all the hypervigilance, there was a curiosity and nervous excitement, too. With all that he'd seen lately, he could guess out to the source. That would be an issue to address later, however, for now, he had an inspection to carry out, something the Admiral seems to realize as well. "'Anything to report, Captain Pycor?' Montferrat barked out, his voice having returned to its customary steadiness now that he was no longer confronted with the utter enigma that was Luke. This was the man in his element, and Vader looked forward to seeing what performance he would put on for the inspection. If his knowledge of the Admiral wasn't out of date, he would say the answer to that question was exactly none a fact he had appreciated in previous years. Sir, aside from your order for head engineer Mora to report to the bridge and a minor issue with the ordered modifications to the ATR-6 assault transports, there will be no major incidents this morning, sir. Captain Pycor rattled off quickly, and with the anxiety that covered his every word in the force like spilt ink, it was clear that he had hoped none of them would look any closer at that report. An issue with the ATR-6s? Luke cut in as he took a step forward, eyes fixed on the man before he seemed to realize what he had done, embarrassment welling up around him even as he barely twitched to the eyes of all onlookers. Still, the little one refused to back down, and as the captain looked at his home with wide eyes and a recognition that was slow to dawn, he decided to step in. "'I concur with Engineer Lars,' he rumbled lowly, placing a hand on Luke's shoulder in a show of support and unity, both to Captain Pycor and the rest of the bridge personnel all of whom were showcasing what terrible actors they would have made, every last one of them. "'What issue are you speaking of, Captain Pycor?' He would never tire of the manner in which recognition dawned on those around him at his home's name. Eyes all over the bridge widened and jaws tensed, even from those supposedly deeply invested into their work, 
the captain himself being no exception, and if the Force could speak, it would have screamed the little star's name with the realization that befell all of them. This was Luke Lars, his home, and as he had vowed, they would all know his name. And all of them apparently already did, if he had to make any deductions based on their reactions. The captain swallowed heavily, and Luke, seeming to sense the man's increasing nervousness, offered him a slight smile that did nothing but exacerbate the spike of the nervousness threading through the bridge. Well? Admiral Montferrat barked out as his expression hardened into a glare at the unfortunate captain. You were asked a question, Captain Pycor. Don't leave the engineer waiting. He most certainly did not miss how the Admiral knew how to prioritize Luke's request over his own in this matter, despite etiquette dictating a different conduct. Good. That seemed to snap the captain back into the current state of things, a slight twitching shake of his head and two quick blinks signifying his return to the current events, and he swallowed heavily as he nodded quickly, snapping off a hasty salute. Yes, sir! Turning his attention towards Luke, the captain clearly showed himself to be ill at ease in the current situation, and if Vader had to place a guess, it would be due to the rank confusion he was currently subjected to. An engineer, even a high-ranked one, demanding answers from a captain and actually expecting to get them wasn't a situation he had ever been subjected to before, if Vader had to guess. Sir, he addressed Luke, hesitance and uncertainty written in every line of his demeanor as he did so. But Luke's own determination to obtain answers that saturated the Force and a curt nod of acknowledgement seemed to encourage Captain Pinecorn to proceed with his explanation. I'm afraid I still don't know much about the situation at hand, sir the captain reported to Luke. Head Engineer Mora reported the situation, but said that it was still developing, and he didn't know how far the issue had spread amongst the ships. He's been occupied with trying to get it under control ever since, and that was all I heard from him until the Admiral's summon of him. For more information, I'm afraid he will have to question the Head Engineer himself, sir. Luke hummed out a low noise at the new information, and Vader could see his mind racing to make sense of the situation with what little info he had. He huffed out a quiet noise that nonetheless drew Luke's attention with ease. It seems, he rumbled lowly as he directed his look towards both the Admiral and Captain, that the idea to facilitate your own inspection of the fleet was a prudent one indeed, Luke. Luke made a sound of agreement as he glanced up towards him. I'd say you're right. Should I take a look and see what can be done? The engineer asked with a wry look. Yes, he agreed without hesitation. Accompany Engineer Mora when he arrives, and take charge of the situation. Until further notice, all things engineering are under your command, with no exceptions, and take Commandos Cody and Appa with you for security, he added, nearly as an afterthought. If an afterthought started gnawing away at the corners of one's mind the moment a course of action became clear, Luke nodded swiftly, right hands twitching by his side, and light briefly flashing off the brass-colored metal and bone-white enamel peeking through the gap between his glove and sleeve. Will do. Admiral Montferrat lightly cleared his throat to draw the attention back towards himself, expression even more severe than usual. I take it by that last order that you suspect Engineer Lars could be in danger from those aboard this ship, my lord. It wasn't a question, even if it was very carefully worded as one, and had it come from anyone else, Vader would have given them a stern reminder to know their place. As it was, Montferrat currently radiated only a familiar, ice-cold determination laced through with veins of utter contempt that had the dark hissing and eager anticipation, and which held the echoes of eight years' worth of incident reports of suspected spies and sleeper agents spaced out the airlock without a trace of remorse. Before he could answer, though, 
Luke had barked out a laugh far more bitter than was usual to him, and with one fluid move, stripped off the glove covering his right hand, revealing what lay underneath, and startling a sound out of the captain while earning a hard look from the admiral. Tilting his hands to show off the intricate but distinctly inorganic prosthesis to all the onlookers, the little star grinned in a manner that was more teeth than mirth. Your assumptions would be right, sir, he informed the admiral with a wry twist to his mouth. Unfortunately, this was the result of a small part of the lady's crew disagreeing with my presence aboard. You'll have to forgive Vader and I for being overly cautious, but we'd both like to avoid a repeat scenario. It wasn't exactly a pleasant affair for either of us. The mere memories of said situation were enough to make his own hackles raise and the dark wrap itself around Luke like a shield as it growled it all around. A sound he only realized he was echoing himself when Luke quickly touched a hand to his arm and silent concern brushed up to the edge of his mind across the fragile bond between them. That, he rumbled lowly, no longer growling but still all too close to it for the entire bridge's comfort, the Force told him, would be an understatement. Luke smiled wanly at him as he kept a hand on Vader's arm in quiet comfort, squeezing the reinforced armor weave gently as agreement rang out within the Force, even as he kept his silence. Montferrat and his silence was far more contemplative, to the point that took his eyes off of Luke's small but genuine smile to eye the man's reaction. Paler than before, and with an expression that looked to be carved from stone, he opened his mouth while never taking his eyes off of Luke's prosthesis. "'If I may, my lord,' he spoke calmly and with a steadiness that belied the growing realization and horror within. I take it that this is the reason for the sudden disappearance of one Kendall Ozzel. Luke stiffened the moment the name of the traitor was spoken, and the dark snarled in response, clawing at the metal of the deck and leaving a mark with the screech of scraping metal. The captain scrambled back at the sight, and even the admiral could not prevent himself from taking two quick steps back. But Luke barely spared it a glance before he pressed into Vader's side. Calm, my hum, the little star murmured to him as he leaned into him, even as Vader could feel Luke's own heart struggling not to race at the sudden mention of the man who'd taken so much from him. He's gone. He's gone. You made sure of it. Reluctantly, he did, and he pulled the dark back in from its display of temper with a firm hand. One would think it ought to be I who should be calming you. Little one, he rumbled even as he released the tension in his frame. You are, Luke whispered back, a smile in his voice and not a lie to be seen as warmth and comfort rang true in the force, and that, that was enough. It was enough to know that. He rumbled out a deep sound to soothe Luke's own state of well-hidden alarm further and directed his attention back towards the Admiral. Yes. He answered Montferrat's question bluntly. It is. And there was a reason his name was blacklisted as that of a traitor, Admiral. He finished with a low growl. With a quick glance toward the marks carved into the Durasteel deck, Montferrat nodded slightly. Of course, my apologies, my lord. He managed to get out without sounding faint. And my apologies to you as well, Engineer Lars. Accepted, Luke answered promptly with a faint smile. And thank you, sir. It's much appreciated. He sighed as he pulled a hand through his hair. But yes, you're on target, sir. That is the reason, and it is uh, for a couple other deaths as well. The plan to kill me... Assassinate, he corrected tersely, 
remembering that fateful conversation before his memories turned into a haze of red and bloodlust. They planned to assassinate you, Luke. Luke shot him an annoyed look, but complied when he corrected himself. The plan to assassinate me had Ozzel at the heart of it. It didn't manage to take my life, but it sure took my arm, he weakly joked, as he held up his prosthetic hand for all to see. It's not meant as an insult to you or your crew, sir, Luke assured wearily, but I'd like to keep the rest of my limbs so Vader and I are operating on a better-safe-than-sorry mentality. Multiple redundant safety features, Admiral Montferrant acknowledged with a curt nod, something changing almost imperceptibly in his expression as understanding seeped into the man's force signature. I understand very well, Engineer. In that case, he turns towards Vader, if I may make a suggestion, my lord. More than a little curious at the sudden change Luke had inspired in the Admiral's demeanor, he gave the man a curt, permissive nod. Granted, Admiral, speak your mind. Straightening up, Montferrat had a particular kind of air about him that spoke of another plan created to implement drastic measures. If you permit it, my lord, I would send Sergeant Dogma with Engineer Lars for added security. He knows the current crew of the Devastator better than the two commanders, oh. and should be able to assist them in their task. had suffered through, he had never been quite the same, with a strong protective streak for his fellow Vontae developing over time. Once he'd been able to get the man released from his confinement and run through the same procedures as his siblings, he'd expected the clone to walk and seek out a different life like so many others had. Instead, he'd chosen to remain in service, and while he retained his ever-by-the-book nature, it was the reputation as a diligent guard of all who were placed under his protection that Vader was currently interested in. Permission granted, Admiral, he rumbled lowly feeling a spark of curiosity light up at his side and brush up against him with a questioning trill. Send your summons. When the Admiral nodded and quickly directed one of the bridge officers to send out a summons, Luke silently drew his attention. He seems to recognize that name, Luke whispered while Montferrat gave his orders. Anything I should know? An old soldier of the Clone Wars and one of the Vaudet, he whispered back. Cody and Apple will have more information on him should you want it, but he will protect you just as surely as they would. Luke's eyes quickly darted over to the two troopers who were flanking the elevator doors. Noted, he acknowledged, and that was the end of that conversation as Montferrat turned back towards them. The sergeant will arrive shortly, my lord, and in the meantime should we— Whatever the admiral planned on saying, it was cut short with the brief warning the dark gave him as he felt the approach of someone along the elevator shaft— and held up a hand to forestall him. Just a moment, Admiral, he interrupted as he turned towards the elevator doors where he could definitely now feel the distinct hum in the ship's systems that meant someone was due to arrive on their floor shortly. The two commanders quickly turned their backs away from the doors, well used to his signals by now. We are about to have company. Sure enough, not three seconds later the chime that announced the arrival of an elevator carriage was heard and the doors slid open to reveal a truly harried-looking man who stumbled onto the bridge with barely any grace to his name. Head Engineer Mora, at your service, my lord, he rattled off as he made a hasty salute, hair askew and more than one grease stain smeared over his skin. I was summoned? Indeed you were, Vader rumbled lowly, some part of him delighting in the manner in which Engineer Mora's face blanched the moment he spoke. We heard that there were issues with the modifications ordered to be made to the ATR-6 assault transports. 
The dark wound itself languidly around the man's spiking fear as he stood before them on legs that he seemed to be barely able to stop from trembling. Well, yes, but we're working hard to get the situation under control, my lord. Enough of your babbling, he ordered bluntly. But a tap of disapproval drifting across the bond made him quell his brusque orders slightly. We have no use for platitudes, engineer, he amended. The situation is here now, and we need information to resolve it. Report. Yes, sir! With another salute, Engineer Mora began to rattle off the details of the situation. I don't know what to tell you, my lord. We followed the blueprints we received as closely as we could, and we still seem to be getting more failures than successes. Structure seams are fine, and the heat insulation plates didn't crack when we installed them, but some of the heat reducers won't block the whole exhaust, and the modified heat sinks won't drain all the excess heat properly. Mora swayed slightly from side to side, the harried nerves in the force clearly showing that the man was suppressing one nervous tick or another with a vengeance. My core has been trying to salvage the situation, but no matter what we do, it just won't stick. That seems to be the breaking point for the little one's silence, and Luke stepped forward with a focused determination that had become so familiar these last nine months. Have you tried refitting the exhaust itself on the heat sinks? He asked promptly to the bewilderment of Engineer Mora, having not bothering with introductions now that he was fully immersed in his role as engineer. Vader huffed out a fond sound and placed a hand on Luke's shoulder. Head Engineer Mora, this is the head engineer of the Lady, Luke Lars. He will be taking the reins in this situation to ensure it is resolved properly and that future incidents can be prevented, he introduced. A soft squeeze to Luke's shoulder signaling for him when to add in his own flair to the introductions. Pleasure to meet you. Luke greeted with a grin to the flabbergasted face of Engineer Mora. Not to worry, I know what I'm doing and won't get in the way. I also might have an idea of what the issue actually is. Still looking at Luke with wide eyes and like he couldn't quite believe what had just been said to him, Mora opened his mouth once, twice, before finally producing a sound. Oh? He said weakly. What would that be, sir? You got your components delivered to you from the lady and installed them according to the instructions in the archives, right? Luke asked seeking confirmation and getting it in Mora's perplexed nod. Then the issue lies in the fact that the ATR-6s likely have some kind of previous damage to them that went undetected. Minor strains that left the exhausts and heat sinks slightly out of alignment, damaged or otherwise unfit. Did you run the ATR-6s through a full diagnostic and maintenance checkup before installing the modifications like I advised before beginning? Mora's expression furrowed up in confusion and the force shimmered with confusion. Full diagnostic? No, but they seem to be just fine. Whatever Moore had planned to say, he seemed to think the better of it and shut his mouth with a click as realization took hold in his presence. Luke smiled ruefully and nodded. Yeah, that's about what I expected. We'll start there and work our way through the engines, the shielding, the heat exhaust, the piping, the regulation valves, the software governing the controls, and, well, everything else, I guess. With every word Luke spoke, Vader could see, to his great amusement, that a bone-deep exhaustion began to settle in on the haggard head engineer. At the end of the list for everything that needed to be done, he looked close to utter defeat as Luke offered him another rueful smile. So, in other words, the reason for this whole mess is because some minor space debris might have scratched up the heat exhaust, Engineer Mora summed up, resignation written into every part of his being. Luke Winston nodded, the little star broadcasting an apology in the forest that had the dark croon softly as it draped over the iridescent little beacon in the forest like ink dripping through water, Vader softly squeezing his hand around the little star's shoulder in a show of support. 
Whatever had led the Devastator's Engineering Corps to so flagrantly miss the obvious instructions when presented to them, it wasn't the Little Star's fault or responsibility. Despite the blatant neglect of failing to follow a source of instructions when presented with it, he began with a low rumble, drawing the bridge's attention back towards himself, it seems that the situation is still salvageable. As I said earlier, Supreme Executive Command of all matters engineering aboard the Devastator will temporarily fall to Engineer Luke Lars. Until this situation has been resolved and protocols have been put in place to ensure no repeat errors, you are to treat any of his orders like you would my own. Is that understood? Oh, brilliant, Luke muttered under his breath. Yeah, that'll certainly make sure that they'll be eager to work with me and not undermine my efforts. They potentially endangered the troopers and the pilots that would have had to use those transports if this had gone undetected, he growled back lowly. They should count themselves lucky. This is all that will happen. Luke shot him a baleful look, but sighed and nodded. All right, I better get on that then. A full diagnostic isn't a particularly quick matter, but I should be able to find the biggest problem areas now that I already have a good idea of the issue. How many ships were afflicted, Engineer Mora? He asked, directing his last question towards the engineer as he pulled his uniform glove back on. And is there potentially a pair of overalls I can borrow? Four ships with major issues, sir, the man responded promptly, and something satisfied curled inside Vader that the engineer already seems to have resigned himself to the matter of things. And another six with minor ones. And I'll ask one of the quarterbatches for a spare. Luke nodded absently and ran a hand through his hair. One day to get this done. He sighed and glanced at Vader from the corners of his eyes. You have something against reasonable deadlines, he stated with an air of annoyed resignation. Yet you still manage them, he shot back just as easily. But perhaps not this time if you insist on stalling. Luke rolled his eyes but acquiesced. Fine, I'm going, I'm going. Cody Apo, are you... The question cut itself off as Luke turned a pensive look towards the elevator just as Vader felt it too. Someone was coming up the elevator shaft again. A few seconds later, and the doors slid open with a chime, revealing a stormtrooper with a familiar force signature and what seems to be brand new pseudo armor, who promptly marched out of the elevator and gave a sharp salute. Sergeant Dogma, sirs, reporting for duty. The trooper acknowledged before letting the salute drop in favor of standing in attention, the force around him nothing but a steady thrum of determination and steady focus. What's the mission, sirs? An escort mission, sergeant, Vader rumbled. You will be aiding the commander's Codian Apo in ensuring the safety of head engineer Luke Lars. Due to your knowledge on the current crew of the Devastator and whose loyalties Bailey were, you will be expected to ensure his safety from any potential hostilities. Yes, my lord. Dogma promptly agreed with the salute. Will I be expected to maintain my other duties? No, he dismissed immediately. The mere thought of what had happened last time they had allowed a gap to form in Luke's security enough to make that choice one without a shadow of doubt. You may delegate your duties, Sergeant. Yes, my lord. With that, Dogma turned his helmeted head slightly towards the figure by his side, and for the first time something else unfolded between the determination and focus, curiosity and a quiet sense of awe. Ja -ja he greeted the little star with a respectful bow of his head. Dogma. Luke returned the greeting with a warm smile and the dip of his head. You've got excellent timing, Sergeant. We were all just about to head down to the main hangar to deal with the situation. Apparently there are some issues with the ATR-6s to figure out. Dogma nodded quickly and stepped to the side, allowing room for when Luke would have to pass him by on his way to the elevator. Understood, sir. 
Luke smiled towards the clone and then quickly bumped up against Vader's side in what he had come to understand as the little one's way of bidding him a quick goodbye. I'll get to it then, he said quietly. You'll know how to find me. May the storm give you wings, he bid in a quiet goodbye as Luke began to walk towards the elevator, at which the little star quickly glanced back and beamed. And may the desert watch over you, Luke returned with a shining smile, beckoning for Engineer Mora and the troopers to follow him into the hangar. With all of them filed in, the door slid closed, and the elevator carried his little star far down to his own venture aboard the Devastator, the iridescent beacon descending into the belly of the ship. However, it was high time for him to continue with his own review. Turning back to Admiral Montferrat, he tilted his head slightly. Now then, with that taken care of, we should continue the inspection, Admiral. Admiral Montferrat seemed to shake out of some form of trance as he blinked once, and alertness immediately sparked back to life within him. Of course, my lord, he agreed, with nary an indication that any of what had just transpired had been unusual in any way. Captain Piker, I take it that nothing else has shown itself in the status report. The captain, still pale as a sheet, hastily shook his head. No, sir. Nothing at all. Vader let his presence brush up against the edges of the captain, and when he found no lies, retreated before his weight and presence could do any severe damage. Most excellent. Proceed with your report, Admiral. After that, the inspection of the bridge passed quickly. Two of the navigation officers and one shields officer working in the pits had to justify some of their greatest blunders to him when they'd caught his attention, but even as he had driven the fear of the Force into them with a stern reprimand that may or may not have been slightly enhanced by a spitting and hissing dark, he could feel the incredulous disbelief of the crew's soul when both members had been allowed to return to their posts alive and breathing. Riddled with nightmares for the next two weeks, certainly, but alive and breathing. After that, he and the Admiral had made short work of the next few departments, finding everything in order in communications, the armory, and weaponry, dealing out the occasional reprimand where it was necessary. The greatest upset came about in the provisions area, where a cursory brush of the dark against a few mines had immediately revealed that three of the quartermasters had been making a small extra income off of the various articles they sold to the crew at inflated prices, embezzling the difference and concealing it in the financial ledgers. Within seconds, he had gripped all three tightly with the force, keeping them from running and puncturing their mental shields in one fell swoop with as much effort as it took to break through a single silken strand the dark flaring and spitting as it tore into the shields with a vengeance. He pulled the relevant information directly out of their minds and mouths, the dark gleefully bleeding into their psyches, whispering fearful notions directly into its victims' minds as it wormed its way through even the most hidden corners. And as he did so, he mused that interrogating them verbally on top of that had only negligible benefits for himself. The influence of his voice prying information loose from the grip of the three quartermaster's minds only a second faster, and he himself having no need for verbal communication. However, the benefit it supplied when one took into account the small crowd of people forming around them was rather useful indeed, such as not causing an unwanted blind panic and creating a convenient record of events. Two very useful things, as far as he was concerned. Once all relevant information had been extracted through the occasional gibbering chants and rolling glassy eyes of minds bending and twisting to his whims, he let the thieving trio collapse to the ground in a miserable heap of groans, whimpers, and secreted bodily fluids, and pulled the reluctant dark back out of their minds. Crossing his arms, he tapped a finger as he took a moment to contemplate the fates of these miserable wrecks. They had abused their positions of authority to steal from their fellow crewmates, betraying both the trust and responsibility that their position held, but they were just thieves. 
and they had been effectively rendered harmless now, as he doubted their minds would be recovered enough from their rough treatment to even think of fighting back by the time they reached Quant, with their victims having the possibility of being paid compensation for their embezzled wages. He narrowed his eyes at the thieves and made up his mind. They could afford to be left alive, for now in either case. Concluding his musings, he turned his head far enough to catch the presence of the Admiral out of the corner of his eye, the man's cold mask of contempt as he looked upon the three thieves a perfect match for what lay within his signature. A confession, and the relevant information of where to find the evidence, he rumbled lowly. Sufficient, I would say, to end this investigation quickly enough to hand them over to the Quant detention facilities. Would you not agree, Admiral? If the Admiral was surprised by his choice of discipline for the thieves, he only showed it in a brief flash of surprise in the force before nodding curtly. I would, my lord, he agreed with a respectful dip of his head, and it shall be done. Good. He didn't doubt that if he hadn't bothered to give the Admiral those orders, the three thieves wouldn't have had very long to regret their choices after all, which wouldn't have necessarily been the worst idea, but currently he desired for the criminals to be processed through protocol, not through airlock. Unfolding his arms and subtly using a touch of the dark to readjust his mantle, he gestured for the nearest troopers watching the minor spectacle to arrest the three gibbering thieves. Bring them to the holding facilities. A series of acknowledgments was all that was needed before the troopers began hauling the trio away. Watching the proceedings for a moment, he allowed Montferrat to approach on his own and merely tilted his head slightly to acknowledge the presence of the other when the admiral came to a halt just two steps behind him. Shall we continue the inspection, my lord? Dread and annoyed disdain towards the situation swirled through the air in a languid pattern around Montferrat's force signature, nearly obscuring the thin veil of fear that hung over him. But above all else, the Admiral was determined to see this through. He grinned beneath his mask and tilted his head. After you, Admiral. The rest of the inspection was uneventful and routine. After they'd passed through the holding facility and all other facilities had been shown to be up to standard, the inspection was to conclude in the main hangar before being rounded out by a private meeting with all the Devastator's highest-ranking officers. Gliding down the familiar walkways towards the large facility in the belly of the ship with Admiral Montferrat close on his heels, he only felt a deep-seated relief at the idea of being able to spend the last part of the day with his little one. He didn't doubt that the main hangar would be livelier with his presence and the upcoming dull meeting more bearable with the force humming sweetly with his presence, a humming that was becoming louder the closer they approached the hangar, alongside a steady beat. Tilting his head slightly at the usually inaudible words that were definitely registering as audio according to his HUD, he let his grip on the dark's leash loosen as it billowed out in search of the puzzling sound, which didn't help him alleviate his confusion in the slightest as the dark revealed the main hangar up ahead to be abuzz with exhilaration and delight, a heavy undercurrent of belonging and unity tying it all together. He let out a low rumbling sound as he pulled the dark back in before it could brush up against the shining little beacon at the heart of the writhing mass of emotions and sensations, not wanting to alert Luke to his presence before he got a chance to see what the commotion was all about. It seems, he commented idly toward Montferrat, who had wisely started paying attention at his first rumblings, that there is quite some commotion up ahead that the crew is rather pleased by. Immediately, the Admiral's attention shifted over towards the hangar ahead, suspicion boiling up inside of him as he kept walking along, a small whisper of fear accompanying the bubbling wariness. I see, he muttered quietly. Is there any indication of what it might be, my lord? Montferrat asked, 
affecting a calm facade that certainly tried its best to mask what lay within. Exhilaration and delight in a space Luke was occupying? I have my suspicions, he informed the Admiral dryly, but didn't elaborate further as he drew the dark closer to mask his coming approach, muffling the sounds of his breath and tread as the main gateway end of the hangar loomed over them at the next turn of a corner. The humming and rhythm had increased in volume as they approached the hangar, a clear chorus of voice now being able to be made out, and as he realized what he was listening to, Vader huffed out a static laugh, startling the poor Admiral with the sound. Singing. He was hearing people singing. Whatever was going on within that hangar, his home had somehow managed to convince an entire corps of strangers to relax enough during an inspection that they would be singing loud enough to be heard in the halls surrounding the hangar. He smiled despite his respirator as he shook his head lightly. Wondrous, incredible, impossible child. Force he loved this little star. The main gates to the hangar were closed, but the smaller personnel portals at its base were still open, and as both he and the Admiral approached one of them, he began to catch snatches of the song being sung. A loud cheer went up as the beat, now identifiable as clapping and stomping and the various clangs of metal being hit together, sped up to the sound of a fiddle. He rumbled out a low sound as fondness sparked all around. Only Luke. Stepping through the ground portal, he was met with the expected scene. Ten ATR-6s hung in the dry docks of the Devastator, clearly partially disassembled, and engineers were crawling all over the surface of the ships like ants, rhythmically working away to the beat of the song as a couple of their fellows seemed to be playing their hearts out on instruments they got from Force Knows Where. The fiddler was fully leading into their instrument as they drew the bow over the strings to the excited cheers of their audience. And there, high up on top of the central ship, was the little star, his home, beaming it all around him and cheerfully drumming his hydro spanners against the hull of the ship below with the rest of the engineers as they gave the other musicians a beat to play to. And oh, he hadn't expected those lyrics to nearly stop him in his tracks, but as his feet almost came to a halt, he found himself slowly drifting closer to the dry docks as the song carried on. Cause we'll be round about the rings of the asteroid belts And we'll be round about the rings of the moon And no matter how much the captain's call We'll be home between the stars Real soon, real soon, real soon, real soon And I've got a sweet thing waiting for me back at home just a knee high high and a smile brighter than any star has shown Five years on a tour and though right now they're all alone Sweetheart, I promise you real soon I'll be back home Cause we'll be round about the stars and we'll be round about the sun Fighting wars a million years away with half a gun And though the days are tough and it's no idea of fun For you are brave and all my sweet and I will never run And as they always say, I really must be mad Why leave it all when my own heart is right at home and sad Well as they always say there's better lives to be had And if one of those could be my sweet Then I'll be ever glad Another loud cheer went up As an instrumental section took back over And between the jumping notes of the fiddle And the clamor of the beat 
He could hear the various engineers shouting to their compatriots to hand them this part or that tool, to spring by for one handling or another as they all worked to the rhythm of the beat. He huffed out a quiet laugh and slowly glided closer to the dry docks, barely registering the admiral following him in the back of his mind as he drew the dark in around him like a cloak, hoping to stave off the realization of his presence just a moment longer as the song drew to a close. In the middle of it all, he could see Luke take a deep breath again to continue with the song. Cause we'll be round about the rings of the asteroid belts And we'll be round about the rings of the moon And no matter how much the captains call Be home between the stars real soon, real soon, real soon, real soon Real soon, real soon, real soon, real soon Real soon, real soon, real soon, real soon. The last line drew out into a song not unlike a howl, and as they held the note, the fiddler produced the last snappy line of notes that ended the song with a bang. Quite literally, as every engineer simultaneously smacked or stomped the nearest surface to produce a reverberating bang that was quickly followed by a cheer. Shaking his head slightly, he loosened his shields around himself and let his presence flare out just enough that he saw it register with the little one across the bond. Luke's eyes immediately snapped towards him, and a beaming smile overtook his face as he spotted Vader standing half-hidden in the shadows of one of the dry docks. Vader! Luke greeted, joy tumbling out of his signature like an iridescent waterfall and entirely ignoring the shockwave of alarm and fear that his exclamation sent throughout the people surrounding him, jumping to his feet. Luke maneuvered his way around the other engineers positioned on the same ship with a few quick steps and vaulted over the side, utterly trusting that Vader would catch him in a leap of faith that Vader still couldn't quite believe he had earned. The dark barely even needed the direction to lash out with the speed of a striking snake and coil itself around Luke gently, gently, as carefully as it could. Holding Luke in a grip that wouldn't have even ruffled a feather, he carefully lowered the beaming little star to the grounds to the awe of all around as they saw the young engineer float to the ground in the invisible grip of the dark. He barely had the time to release it either, as the moment Luke touched down, he was striding towards him, the dark hurrying out of his way like Luke was merely stepping through smoke. And Admiral Montferrat, sir! Luke greeted as he quickly looked off to his side for a moment with a quick salute before directing his attention back at Vader. Will you both come at just the right time? I can happily report that we're well on our way to fixing this whole mess, and it's no thanks to Congar Shipworks. Luke scoffed as he pulled a hand through his hair, glaring over his shoulder at the ships. Works, they say. A more accurate thing to say would be Congar ship barely works, he grumbled bluntly. And just like that, he knew the problem both Luke and Engineer Mora had had with the ships. Low-quality materials, he asked idly, regarding the ships with a newfound disdain as Luke's irritated growl that resonated in his force signature confirmed his assumption. The heat sinks were practically made of cardboard. Luke hissed in a quiet fury. And if the heat sinks were cardboard, the heat exhaust was damn near paper. He crossed his arms as he looked back at Vader with a hard set to his eyes that he recognized all too well from those first few months where Luke had gone through his mass overhaul of the TIE Fighters of the Lady. We're currently replacing them with parts I've personally checked for the proper construction or, well, Luke cut off with a derisive snort, as proper as anything that can come out of Congar. It won't fall apart in the next battle, is what I'm saying. Luke blew out with a frustrated breath. 
Vader rumbled out a low sound to soothe the irritated engineer, and was happy to see Luke close his eyes for a moment as some tension bled away from his shoulder with the near subsonic noise he was producing. Bringing up a hand to rest on his little star's shoulder and squeezing softly, he was gratified to see the rest of the tension release. You did well, little one, he murmured lowly, uncaring of who may hear him mutter out the musical lilts of his mother tongue. It was enough. It is enough. Luke smiled wanly at him, the satisfaction of hearing the language smoothing away much of his little star's frustrated anger. Have I ever told you how fucking glad I am that you insisted on Quant getting the job for the lady? He muttered with a lopsided grin, startling a snort of laughter out of him in a burst of static that had the little one's grin widening. Once or twice, he retorted dryly, the echoes of countless conversations hanging between them. Luke chuckled lightly before turning back towards the ships, grin souring slightly as he looked at them with narrow eyes. But all in all, I did a quick skim of the various ships and picked out all the ones that had substandard parts and matched them to what decent replacement parts we have. Three additional ships came to light having parts where the metal was too thin for comfort, even if they did properly take to the modifications, so we're taking those apart too. Luke blew out a breath that ruffled his bangs as he rolled his shoulders, the ache of hard work shining through the solid determination and trills that had Vader enchanted. Valir, Engineer Mora, sorry. We'll do a more thorough scan through the others once we're gone, Luke informed him in a low tone, continuing his explanation. But for now, we're working on the obvious problem cases so I can run them all through the things they'll need to be watching for in the future. A wise choice, he agreed as he looked over the ships. And apparently said instructions include a full shanty performance, he asked idly, switching back over in language and into a teasing note that he knew only Luke would be able to divine out of the monotone of the vocoder. As predicted, Luke snorted and bumped into his side with a bit more force than usual. Oh, shush you, he grumbled playfully, the wide grin precluding his protest from having any legitimate heat. It's good for morale, and they were all standing stiff with tension when I got down here. Let them live a little. <laughs> Very well, he permitted without a fight. Luke tended to have good instincts for what atmosphere was the best suited to the results he wanted at any given time, and he trusted his little star's judgment enough to defer in this situation. A report on the status of the current progress, then. Right. Luke quickly fished out his comm unit and activated the hollow projector, showing a hastily constructed progress file with the bare necessities of each ship's data inputted under its individual section, as well as the progress made on each. Immediately, Vader noticed that there were obvious differentiations in the progress of each ship, and sure enough, Luke quickly began to rattle off how he had decided to concentrate efforts on the worst cases amongst the ships while leaving the easier ones for the Corps to deal with on their own at a later date. With over half of the engineering corps aboard the Devastator focused on a mere four ships, they had put the last couple of hours to good use and already completed the process of ripping out the inferior components. With the current installation of the new, proper components already underway and the modifications being added as they went, Luke gave him the estimate of a couple more hours of work before the ships could be declared space-worthy and battle-ready again. I'm afraid they will have to work those hours without you, Luke, he rumbled out apologetically as Luke finished his report. The reason I came here was due to having nearly finished the inspection. With your report of the main hangar as last, we will have to proceed to the officer meeting. Luke froze for a second before hanging his head and groaning, a tangle of vaguely negative and disappointed emotions snarling together into an irritated ball before abruptly dissolving into resignation. Right, the meeting, he sighed as he dragged a hand through his hair and along the side of his face. 
Give me a few minutes to inform Engineer Mora that I'll be leaving a bit earlier than expected, and... He looked down at the borrowed overalls before shooting Vader a hesitant look. Should I change back? It would be advisable, he continued as he crossed his arms, mental images of Luke's first close-up meeting with the officers of the Devastator in mere overalls being both as amusing as they were worrisome for the unintentional messages it might send. Luke groaned but nodded. Right, give me five minutes to get it all sorted. Eight tops. Vader dipped his head. Granted. Now go. Luke shot him a look, but dutifully raced off with impressive speed as he ran and leapt his way back up the sides of the ship he had previously been working on, disappearing out of sight within seconds. Keeping half an eye on the chrono display in the corner of his mask's HUD, he turned back to find Admiral Montferrat staring at him with wide eyes that he was only a split second too slow to properly conceal. He contemplated the man for a second. The thought that this display of a behavior entirely outside of the man's expected range for him could have interesting consequences in future niggled at the back of his mind while the dark shifted around him, attention shifting along with his own. It could be an issue. Or if he could bring himself to show the courage needed to attempt to transform idle dreams into reality, it could be the first step in redefining both himself and Luke as something new. Not now, though. Not yet. He didn't think he could manage that if his life depended on it, which meant that the Admiral had to go. That concludes the material aspect of the inspection, Admiral, he informed the man dryly, only a little disappointed when he realized that discerning tones in his voice were still something solely reserved to Luke, the Admiral flinching almost imperceptibly when he snapped out of his daze. Luke and I will join you for the administrative meeting shortly. Taking the implicit dismissal for what it was, the Admiral immediately dipped into a shallow bow. By your leave then, my lord, he said as he promptly straightened up again, and Vader didn't doubt that the man was rather eager to put some distance between the two of them to safely process what he had just seen. Waving the Admiral off, he didn't bother to watch the man leave, instead turning to observe the engineers above, who had mostly returned to their work, silent, and making little effort to hide that they were quite clearly watching him from the corners of their eyes. He sighed out a quiet burst of static. Well, if they were to be insistent on observing him, they would be sorely disappointed if they expected a show. Stepping back into the half-shadows of the dry docks, he flared out his presence to survey the whole hangar. With thousands of souls working diligently, if silently, all around him, there was much to observe. And between it all, a bright, iridescent star flitted around in the background, hurrying through his last couple of tasks before he would be able to join Vader. The dark hummed deeply as it billowed outwards, rippling like a cloth of starless night drifting through the ocean. It brushed up against the various engineers working away at the ships, their metal shields rippling at its touch as it siphoned off their fear, flushing with power. Remembering what it had done not too long ago to the three thieves, Vader sharply pulled it away from the direction of anyone that wasn't Luke. It may feed them both, but so shortly after allowing it to indulge, he didn't trust it to know the limits it was allowed. Grumbling, it complied reluctantly, curling back around the distant and yet close by a signature that belonged to Luke in what someone less aware of its nature might have called a sunk. Once he was confident that it wouldn't attempt to feed anyway, he focused back on simply observing the goings-on of the hangar for a minute or two, before Luke's presence finally started to head his way again. Drawing the dark back in around him tightly and folding his presence back in on itself, he shook off the last traces of his altered state, just as Luke zipped around the corner at breakneck speeds, his capelet fluttering around his shoulders like a miniature pair of wings. Skidding to a halt in front of him, 
Luke held up a finger as he quickly gulped down three large breaths before straightening up again and offering him a wide grin. There, five minutes, what did I tell you? He said with a satisfied air. He chuckled as Luke took up his customary place at his side again, slotting neatly into the space Vader opened up for him as he drew his arm into a more suitable position to accommodate the presence of Luke. Most impressive, he acknowledged as they began to walk. Did you get all your business in order, little one? Yeah, I gave Ilya the rundown of why I had to split and that I would drop back by at the end of the meeting for at least one more checkup of work they managed to get done in the meantime, Luke said as he rolled his shoulders to loosen them up. Apparently it's a lot harder for them to identify faulty equipment on site, so they'd appreciate it if I gave it all a once-over once we're through with the meeting. He hummed thoughtfully as he contemplated that little fact, something he didn't doubt was more than just his home's possession of a keen eye, and also a demonstration of the extraordinary skill he had shown in listening to the force around him. We will have to ensure that you can follow through on that promise then, he mused quietly as they headed towards the gates. Now then... Did everything seem to be up to code within the main hangar? Luke shrugged while adjusting the collar of his uniform jacket. As far as I can see, yeah, it seems to be all within the parameters of the usual protocols. Perhaps not as far as I would take them, but it's still up to code. We will have a conversation on that later, he informed Luke quietly. If there are improvements to be made, we will need to see about implementing them. We'll do. Luke agreed promptly as he yanked his collar into a position that was apparently finally deemed to be acceptable, a minor note of triumph trilling through the force. Shrugging his shoulders in what appeared to be an attempt to shake everything else about his uniform into an acceptable place, Luke glanced up towards him. And what about this meeting? What can I expect? It will mostly be an overview of the various finances and hardware analysis of the Devastator he informed his home as they made their way through the ground portal and into the hallway beyond, on the way to the elevator that would take them to the administrative area where the meeting would be held. Individual officers will be able to bring their grievances forth as well, and any major sensitive issues will now have a chance to be addressed. Confidential issues? Luke asked him sharply, eyes narrow as they glanced up towards him. He inclined his head. Very much so. Needless to say... You will be expected to keep silent on any matters you will hear, and perhaps even be presented with, unless permitted otherwise. Luke squared his jaw and nodded resolutely. Understood. Anything else I should know? Many of these officers will have heard of your exploits and reputation before, he answered immediately, leaning in slightly as he switched back over, keeping half an eye on all around them. They will be looking to see the truth of them for themselves. Many of them will also be seeing your place by my side, and question what granted it to you, which is a matter I suggest we keep out of the public eye, at least for now. Sounds like a plan, Luke muttered as he smiled slightly. I'm not sure I'm ready to try to start explaining all of this either. Turning the corner, they quickly reached the elevator, and with it, the end of their conversation, as they both fell quiet on their way up to the meeting room, leaving Vader at the mercy of his own thoughts. Luke was a brilliant child, of that there was no doubt, but he wondered how well suited he would be to the world of politics that was the higher ranks of the military. He did well enough under Vader's wing when in the Imperial Palace and aboard the Lady, but both were circumstances vastly different than this one. In this situation, Luke's rank was already well established, as was the fact that his little star was nothing less than a miracle worker with machines, and he wondered if it would perhaps be unfair to think of this as a minor experiment in seeing how Luke would react in a hypothetical situation at a later date, where he was, perhaps, attending a similar meeting in a role that far closer reflected his own love for his home. 
Perhaps one day yet, they would be having this very inspection again, but with the both of them as father and son. One day, if he ever found the courage to take that step. If Luke found it within himself to agree. Yes, perhaps one day yet. The doors of the elevator slid open with a chime, revealing various officers in the elevator lobby milling around and heading for the same destination they were. With a light touch to Luke's back to signal the pace, they walked out of the elevator as one, steps carefully synced up to present a completely unified front to the officers they would soon be seeing in the meeting. Head high, little star, he murmured. This is the time to show them all who you are. Who we are, Luke corrected softly as he tilted his head back slightly and straightened his spine just a touch more, looking more regal than any of the other officers of minor and mediocre noble houses around them. He tilted his mask towards Luke as he allowed the point, but made no further comment as he drew himself up just as high. Together they glided through the halls as one towards the meeting room, all the officers who were to meet them there giving them a wide berth as they cleared out of their path immediately upon seeing them. With calculated nonchalance, he gestured with the dark for the door to the meeting room to open, never faltering in his stride for a moment and Luke matching him for every step. Within the room, a deferential hush fell over the several dozen officers already present as they all scrambled to stand from whichever seat they occupied around the large oval meeting table that occupied the room and dip into a bow. Striding past them all, he carefully kept Luke from veering off to his habitual place a bit further down the meeting table with a gentle touch to his back, pleased that none of the officers present seemed to have seen Luke's minor falter as he corrected his course. This time his home wouldn't be occupying the spot of one of the more junior officers, this time he would be standing by Vader's own right hand, as was his right. Sweeping right past every other high-wrecking officer on the Devastator, including Montferrat, he directed Luke into the place that was to be his for the meeting with a soft push, veering around him with a calculated move that seamlessly landed him at the very head of the table. Standing tall and proud in his rightful place with Luke by his side, he observed the last few officers trickle into the meeting room with hurried steps. When at last all the dozens of spaces around the meeting table had an officer standing in it, and all the dozens of eyes were on him, he gestured with the dark once more, and the door to the meeting room closed with a click of the lock, eliciting more than one stifled flinch from the younger officers. Slowly sweeping his gaze over all those present, he let the dark encircle itself around the room, its influence resonating throughout. With all present, let the meeting commence he declared with little ceremony but enough gravity to his words that all kept their silence. As all may have already seen, I bring with me a new participant to this meeting. This is Luke Lars, head engineer of the Lady, and the one responsible for the considerable improvements to much of this fleet. He will be assisting me, as well as offering his own expertise on matters. I expect all to extend to him the proper amount of respect. With that and a slight nudge, the force throughout the room abruptly brightened, both with surprise and sudden wonder, and he knew without even looking that Luke had already begun to work his odd charm on the room with his very first smile. It's a genuine pleasure and honor to meet all of you, he greeted the officers present, force signature bright with warmth and ringing like a silver bell with sincerity, a breath of fresh air, even as it was no longer a surprise to Vader. The officers, however, were far from in the same situation, and looked towards Luke, with clear astonishment written all over their faces, much to Vader's amusement. Truly he never should have doubted his home's uncanny ability to charm his way into the hearts of nearly all around him, the brilliant, fascinating, impossible child that he was. 
Love for his little star came rushing back to the forefront until it bloomed warm and wild within his chest, prompting Luke to shoot him a glance from the corner of his eye and a subtle quirk to the corner of his mouth before he returned to dazzling the officers. Smiling around the respirator, he directed his gaze back towards the officers present and let a hint of something predatory seep into his smile. He and his home, side by side, and a room full of officers that couldn't even begin to anticipate what they were capable of together. It promised to be an entertaining meeting after all. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.